The Bamboo Project Podcast starts in three, two. Welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to 10 billion, I decided I'm going to help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself, and not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting my journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. I like to start off by giving a shout out to all the people rocking with us and supporting the channel. We really appreciate you. We are currently streaming on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, you name it, we on it. And if we not on it, we about to be on it. For everyone listening to this podcast and not watching it, you can find us on YouTube at The Bamboo Project. We have over 400 videos on our channel. Do you want to learn real estate? We got that. Do you want cooking tutorials inspired by Dr. Sabi? We got that. Do you want travel and lifestyle vlogs? Got it. Hair and makeup? Got it. Basketball? Got it. Turo? Got it. It's everything us. All the parts of the journey that don't make it to YouTube will be on our story. You can find me on Instagram at Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne. Which I think is so funny because not really your name. It's Melissa, but you know, whatever. I mean, it's not, but your name's not, yeah, that's not your name. It's not, it's not your name. It's my middle name. It's not your name, though. It's not your name. Uh, but, uh... Right, it is her middle name, but her name is Melissa. People call Anita all the time. I would find it funny. Um, Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. The Bamboo Project is about turning your life into a living by making money off the things you already do every day. We made different playlists for all the things we are into, and you can find all of those links in the description box below. This may be your first time here, and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else, this is Chapter 3, Page a hundred and twenty-four. Yes. All right. This podcast has four different segments. We have the life update, episode playback, uh, Donovan's questions, and the topic of the day. All video and audio timestamps will be in the description box below. Today's date is August second, and it is three seventeen p.m. Before we get into the life update, all right. Y'all already know. For y'all be here every week. Screen time, first and foremost, okay? The reason that is, is because I know if I don't take advantage of my phone, then my phone is taking advantage of me. And I can't have that if I want to be a billionaire. So last week, my average screen time for every single day, I was on my phone for an average of eight hours and 19 minutes a day. For the week, I spent 20 hours on YouTube, 12 hours on Instagram, damn near 13, and about six hours on Google Maps, okay? Um, that is up from the week before, which was seven hours and 48 minutes. Uh, I pick up my phone on average 104 times, and my first used app after pickup is YouTube. Hmm. So, I mean, like I said, it's not bad. I I always find it funny because I talk to my sister sometimes and she'll tell me like, hey, uh, it's like her screen time on average is like three hours or something like that. And like, 
if it goes higher than that, she's like, this is crazy. But it's usually less, which is insane to me. Um, but obviously, it just lets me know that I be in the house too much. I need to go outside more. Uh, beautiful, phenomenal, amazing girlfriend. What is your screen time? My screen time. For what? For what? Uh, for what device? My phone. Oh, facts. Because we know we caught you slipping last week. Got you. She got eight hours on each device. So last week, um, seven hours and 13 minutes is the average, up 16% from the week before. Oh, so I spent, yeah, on average, I spent an hour more than I did the week before. On my phone, the most used app for me is Instagram at 16 hours and 30 minutes, then TikTok at eight hours and 30 minutes, and then Google Maps at six hours and 30 minutes. Um, and I picked up my phone 145 times. Godly. Uh, average. Per day. That's that's almost 200. It's up 22%. Sheesh. What is, what's the first used app? My first used app was Instagram. Oh, you've been on Instagram a lot. Mm. Mm. Obviously, you got a problem, Melissa. I picked up my phone 1,016 times. Bro, I'm telling you, I cannot wait until I have money. I will. I don't want to use my phone. Like, I'm tired of it. I, honestly, like I said, I be looking at it sometimes just like... <sighs> we hear again it's like some, it's like jerking off too many times where you're looking at it and you go i guess we can do this again <laughs> you pick it up you just swipe and you swipe until the day is over um so let's see well I, last week for me i feel like uh it is a very it was a very i, I don't know if i say regular week i can never tell anymore i feel like i don't know if our weeks are just would you call it chaotic? I wouldn't call it chaotic. I feel like I feel like our weeks just are just have stuff in it that we have planned chaos. to do. What? Chaos. Well, she calls it chaos. I don't know if it's I would. Chaos. I don't know if I would call it. To me, it doesn't feel like chaotic. It just it, feels like a lot of. It's hundred percent chaotic. But like, here's the thing. Okay, here's what I was getting to. I feel like our daily week has things to do in it, but because it's part of our daily routine in some degree, it doesn't seem like we did anything to me. Sure. What makes it chaotic? I feel like nothing was chaotic. What makes it chaotic is having to do last minute outside things. Like what? We didn't have to do none of that. We went to Philly. That wasn't a last minute thing. I, it was like three days ahead. I was like, you're going to go to Philly on Sunday. That's that three days. It's not enough time. It's not like we was planning on going to Philly for a week. That's not even a week. It's not even a week in advance. Like I was thinking because you, you have to see it from my perspective. Honestly, it's probably Wednesday, but sure. Because I'm like, okay, I have two weeks to prepare for this new cafe that we just signed up for. So I'm trying to get all the supplies in, blah, 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 right? Then you ask me, like, hey, when are you trying to make them candles for the craft fair? I'm like, uh, probably tomorrow. Why? Okay, because I'm trying to go to Philly on Sunday. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes, chaos. chaos. That's not chaotic because you don't have to do nothing. You have to just, all you do is drive out there and come back home. It's not like. But there's, it's like I had other things that. You didn't. That's why I asked. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you told me no. That's what I, that's what I asked you. You said no. Sure. I get what you're saying, though, because like we have a, a schedule kind of things that we need to get done. It's not assigned to a specific day, but I think that makes it even more chaotic. I feel like it's not chaotic at all. I feel like chaotic would be like, we got to go to Philly right now. That'd be happening. Right, but it didn't happen last week. It wasn't like, damn, we were doing this. Oh, damn, we got to go to Philly right this like this minute. Let's get up and leave. That, to me, is chaotic. Us being like, all right, let's go to Philly in a couple of days. It's like, all right, it's a two-hour drive. Go over there. Do what we got to do. Come back. That's not crazy to me. So, 
But anyways, uh, so the reason I'm even saying any of this is because when it came to this week for what we had to do or what was going to be in a life update, I'm like, what did we what did we even do last week? Um, but we definitely went to Philadelphia. So update on the house um, and talking to agents. Yeah, I know that we fired the agents, I guess, the week ago, maybe now at this point, maybe a week and a half. I'm not sure the exact day it was. Like I said, things be happening so quickly. It wasn't even last week we fired them. It was a week before that. It was two weeks ago that we fired them. So last week was mostly me calling agents. And I think that I have definitely had, I would say I've had a good response calling agents. Now, here are some of the problems that I run into with calling agents myself and trying to find a buyer. Most agents hate working with buyers. Uh, people who are buying houses, maybe I heard this before, maybe I have not. But for a buyer's agent, that requires a lot of going to showings, dealing with people who are very picky. Oh, I don't like this house because the carpet is green. I don't like the house because the bedroom is facing the north instead of the south. I don't like that house because their doorknobs are brown instead of black. And then they're just driving the person around so they find a house. And they finally find a house like, oh, I can't even afford it. So it's like, it's just that over and over and over again as a buyer's agent. And I can understand why people hate them. Uh, with that being said, I would assume that somebody who is uh, serious as a as an agent would have multiple buyers on hand just because you've worked you're in the industry you're working with people you have buyers a lot of people are called are just like yeah i don't have anybody and i'm like like at all like you don't even have a person like you can't call nobody at brightness so like in my mind right what are you doing right now like are you trying to just are you trying to find listings is that what you're doing like i don't even know um i listen this is my thing when it comes to agents is i really don't think that they are that good at their job i think the majority of agents are very subpar and i think that that is very disheartening because they have so much control over the economy like and i feel like they are put in a position that they are handling assets that are hundreds of thousands millions of dollars and they don't really know how to do their job it's kind of crazy to me um so i am talking to different agents and i think i've probably found four that i would hire as an exclusive agent because i think that doing what i'm doing now i could probably find a buyer but I think it's a very slim chance to do it that to do it this particular way. Um, a lot of what I've been hearing and seeing when it comes to finding a buyer, which again is kind of sad as a as a real estate agent, it's not really about the agent necessarily, because it's just about getting the most eyes on the property, hoping that someone who wants to buy the house sees it and buys it. Like that's really what it is. And it's come down to who has the ability to put in front of the most people. Um, so for those who don't know about real estate from the back end, uh, there's something called the MLS, which stands for the multiple listing service. And how it works is I will take the house and I will put it on there. That all the sites like Redfin, Zillow, Trulia, those sites get their information from the MLS and they put it on there. So once I put it on the MLS, all of those sites will then have the property on there. Those and even the ones that you never even heard of, the little small, tiny ones. So that now allows millions of people to see the house, right? Whoever, I guess I would say millions of people. Um, and a lot of agents pitch that to me as if that is them doing work, which is literally them doing nothing. They're just taking it right up the listing and putting it on the app. 
uh, on the on the on MLS. So when I hear that from an agent, that's kind of like, okay, you are not good at your job because all you're going to do is put on there. Like you have not given me any other marketing strategies you're going to use to be able to get this house sold at a price that I want to be sold at quickly. So like I said, there are some that I have run into. And now the other problem I've been having with them is this. There's something called an open listing or a non-exclusive listing. Most agents want to sign an exclusive listing because they want to guarantee that they get paid if the house gets sold. Uh, which again, even if they don't do any work, they're going to get paid. So if they put on MLS, somebody calls them and they have a, a agent, they're going to get paid. They're going to get paid regardless. Like if they do absolutely nothing but list it, they're going to get paid. So I have been considering putting on there myself because I did get my license and I have access to that MLS um in philadelphia so i'm like you know what i can put up there myself i've been oh that's what i'm gonna say before too is as far as agents and open listings right a lot of them don't even know what that is they never heard of a non-exclusive listing or open listing and i'm like how long have you been doing this and you've never heard of that before like you don't know what it is and again that's like damn what are y'all really even doing so i think this week will be the week that i probably call some more buyers and then I'll probably try and list it next week or the week after that. Um, I would say we are for sure in a crunch time because we have interest payment due. Um, we don't really have any money. We have probably like maybe $400 between the both of us, um, between like five or six different accounts. We're doing a craft fair this weekend, which should bring us in uh, probably like a, between a, a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars over the weekend so that can help us go to the interest payment the interest payment we have to pay every single month for the house is sixteen hundred dollars so yes one thousand six hundred dollars every month for this payment and i'm hoping we could take some of the money we make from the craft fair put it towards that plus the money we already have and then we get paid from youtube at the end of the month we made sixteen hundred dollars last month yo you know what's crazy So, you know, okay, I, some of y'all might believe in this. Maybe some of y'all don't, but, but the universe works in mysterious ways, okay? So, I'm not sure exactly the number. I'm going to check, but now that I think about it, I think we might have made the exact money from YouTube that we need to pay for the interest payment. I think it's like down to the dollar amount. So, let me check. So the interest payment is, let me get this number correct, $1,650.36. And on YouTube last month, the month of July, we made $1,659.90 on there. So that would pretty much cover our entire payment for this month of august um so i just always think it's interesting when things like that happen because we were kind of we had hit our highest month on youtube like two months ago and they had went down like 100 200 and then last month they had like a crazy month we started going back up so for us to hit that and at the end of the month it started slowing down so it's like okay it went up a lot then slowed down enough just to make the right amount of money to cover the interest pain the interest payment for the house um so When it comes to the house, 
and our contractor, right? You already know what escapades that we've had with him. I I don't even know what to say. Honestly, at this point anymore, I don't really I don't even really know. I have I don't know what to say at this. I really I really don't know what to say about it because it's like being a dead horse. Y'all know him. I know him. Melissa knows him. We all know his character, his personality. Um, so, but I will again tell y'all what happened last week. So, the house is supposed to get clean and some other minor things like some baseboard and some trim in different parts of the house. Nothing too crazy, just small things like that. And when I asked him, like, hey, what's the update on things getting done? His response to me was, I have to turn over 40 apartments right now. And I'm like, why are you telling me that? I don't understand. Like, what is the purpose? I don't know why you're telling me that. Because are you saying that you have so much work that you can't do this? And then to even fix your mouth to say that is even crazier. And it's just kind of like, did I expect more from him? I guess not. Right. Like, there's nothing else I could like. This is what he's been doing the whole entire time. Uh, So I'm just at this point. Like I said, the house can be sold the way it is right now. The, the basement got clean. He did have the cleaners go over there like in two days after that message. And they cleaned out the basement, cleaned the floors. And I'll put all those pictures up because we got some great ass pictures. That is the main reason why we went to Philadelphia because I've also been messing around with the virtual staging thing. I don't know if I said that in the last podcast. I feel like I did. Um, and I wanted to get really good pictures. We got one back as a test. So I'll put the first one we got as a test. And I'll put up the second one, guys, to test so you can see the comparison of the two. Which ones y'all like more or the other? I prefer like a Scandinavian uh, decor with a modern touch to it. So that's why you went to Philadelphia. And right now, I think I need something called a certificate of occupancy for the house. I've, I'm pretty sure to get that, you have to pass a final inspection. And we just found out last week that... There's a possibility that the drain in the backyard, which we know is a problem, which is why there was water in the basement, is that they probably got cement inside of the area drain in the backyard. When I told him about it, he was like, well, how do you know that? And I'm like, that's what I was told. He's like, well, how do they know that? I'm like, they checked. He said, did they see it? I'm like, no. He said he put something down there and he felt there was probably cement down there. He's like, oh, okay, I guess I go check it out. And I'm like, bro, cement should not be in the drain. And if it is, I mean, you got you got to pick it up or break it up again and re-put the cement down. And the guy who went out there told me that the, the proper drain or area drain is not even installed in that back there, which I'm not that surprised because when I saw it, it looked funny to me, but I don't know construction. So I'm like, ah, okay, it seems fine. Um, so that is what that is. But like I said, this week, I had some good people I've talking to as far as selling the house and I want to list it. That's the thing. Cause I'm like, let me ask you this question: How long do you think I should have it listed as a FISBO, which is for you guys who don't know that term, for sale by owner? How long do I should have it listed as a FISBO before I have an agent do it? Two to three weeks. Two to three weeks, and if I don't get an offer, like you think you should do it, so so you're saying, so you think by the end of August, so by September. I should be getting an agent if we don't have an offer on the table. Pretty much, unfortunately. Yeah. So this is just. I think anything less than two to three weeks, 
You might as well just go straight to the nation. Yeah, I'm really just, I'm over the house at this point. I just want, I want to get paid something. I just want the, I want it to be over. I just want it to be done. That's what I want. I'm so finished with this. I want it to be so, like, I feel the rage in my chest burning as, as like, I just want this to be over. Um, so we're going to see, like I said, I'm a, we're going to. We went out to Philadelphia, and in um, traditional Bamboo Project fashion, it should have been a very quick trip. We go out there, and we find out that the ring is not working because it died. Then we also find out that we can't make it, we can't turn it back on because the Wi-Fi is not paid for. So I tried to pay for the Wi-Fi. They said that the account that it's under is to a phone number that I don't have. And when I tried to verify that account with my information, they said that I can't because it's the wrong, it's the wrong numbers, the wrong pin I'm giving them. So the only way to fix that would be to take the actual uh, 5G box back to a T-Mobile and have them try to look over it. So we have the box with us now, which means we gotta take it to a T-Mobile here in New York, get it fixed and then take it back out to Philadelphia one of these days. So like I said, it's just been, it's, just, it's annoying. I'm like I said, I'm just, I'm so done with the house. I am so done. I'm so done. So I said, this week is going to be mostly me um, getting some staging pictures, like as far as it getting virtually staged. And then it'll be uh, me talking to other agents to see kind of what they're, what they're looking at. Um, so I think as far as the house goes, that's pretty much it for the house. Something else that happened last week, right, was I got this amazing email. Okay, I'm reading email to you guys. It was so amazing. It said, are you ready? That was the subject of the email. I'm like, maybe I am ready. What am I ready for? It reads, hey, Melissa and Donovan, this will be brief. I am a copywriter who specializes in the candle niche and I want to work for you. This would be a completely performance-based job. I only want to get paid based on the results I get you first. I am confident in my ability to write high-performing copy and want to start a mutually beneficial, long-term business relationship with you. To demonstrate my writing ability, I have written you a small email sequence that you can use for your business or newsletter to get new customers. If this is something you are interested in, let me know and I will send it over. If not, let me know if there's any other free work I can do for you, hyphen Josh. Like I was getting all hot and bothered reading this email because I'm like, yo, this email is written so well from a a psychological and persuasion perspective. I'm like, yo, if he write like this, this is a, this is amazing. But it was written so well that I'm like, this may be it might be a, a, a spam, like it might be some scam email or something, right? And I'm just like, ah. But we were the reason why this is crazy to me, right? is because we have been talking about how how strong you need a copywriter. We have so much content and we have the house, well, I mean, we wouldn't use it for that. We could, but the candles in particular, we have to write the descriptions for the candles. We have to write uh, stuff on the website for the candles. We have emails that we had got from a raffle we did before. We have to have like some type of uh, newsletter to send out for that and I'm like somebody who does copywriting would be amazing for us right now and then we can transition them over into like the content on the YouTube the, you know uh, the house selling anything like copywriting is such a valuable skill and honestly I would uh, if somebody was a freelancer that would be what I would do I would 100% tell somebody who's like likes to write 
uh, who think they're very creative writing uh, and who can like really describe products or concepts very artistically or very vividly, I would for sure get into copywriting and then try and find somebody who can do that for us. It's, it's like, it's a great, I feel like it's an easy skill that has a very high, le- like it's a lot of leverage you could use for that. Um, so I, my cousin actually said that she would do it for us because I posted that email I got. She said, okay, I'll check it out. I'll try and do some copywriting for y'all because she actually didn't want to do that. So that kind of turned out well from that perspective. But I was just so. Adasa? I don't know. Today? Maybe this morning? You ain't told me that. Oh, bro. I told you I'd be freaking. Like, what? What? Right. Not me having to watch the podcast and figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah, so. So we said we're gonna see. I will talk about it today at my mom's birthday dinner on the boat that we're going to uh, in the city somewhere. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so there's that. Um, let's see what's next on life update that we have for this week. Um, hmm. Like I said, this week was a very odd week to me. I don't feel like a lot of stuff happened. A lot of big things happened. So it was a very maintenance week. I feel like very maintenance week so that means if this was a maintenance week that probably means the next four weeks are going to be crazy that's probably what this means um something i found out very interesting yesterday okay i'm scrolling on youtube as i do for about 20 hours a week and i came across a video that says how to buy your first car on turo and i'm like hmm that's a very familiar looking title to me let me go check out this. What is what is this about? Let me go look at this. So I go and I watch the video. Now this person has fifty thousand, almost sixty thousand subscribers. Okay, right now we are barely at five thousand. We are at like forty nine hundred. Okay. And when I made the videos about Turo, it was because I could not find a video about how to find a car to put on the app. I had no idea how to look for it. So. You could imagine my surprise when I find a video now that came out six days ago that almost word for word, bar for bar is the same exact concept and video as the videos that we put out months ago, last year almost, okay? We have about 13 videos of that concept on the channel of different cities of how to check that market and use this particular way to find the exact, not the exact, but to find a car that would be good for that area. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, wow, I gotta watch the whole video because I wanna see how much of it is she going to use in her video. And I was just like, she is saying, here's how I, at first I was like, okay, it seemed like she's seen our videos, but I don't really know, like, you know, like, was she really like in it to click, did she just see it? When she started the video off and y'all from Turo who have came, who've seen the videos and are here on the podcast, the first step before you even, actually this is the second step, but the first step is to find out how much money you want to make. But the step after that is to change the date on Turo. That's the first thing I say to do. And that's the first thing she says to do in her video. Now, here's why I, I have a lot of emotion towards this situation. Because to me, 
right? I think that our channel right now is at 4,900 subscribers. I think if I did an audit of our channel, like a evaluation, I think it would be, I would say like 75,000 or so, something like that. That's what I think. Um, a couple of reasons why we're not there, in my opinion, is the things that we wanted to do, we haven't been able to do because of the house. Like the house has engulfed us so much. Like we had Airbnb idea videos, we had candle idea videos, we had vlog idea videos, we had travel videos, we had more Turo videos, we had life videos, wholesale videos. We had so many different concepts and ideas to put on the channel, right? But the house has taken up so much time and energy, but like, okay, we're trying to get this thing done and then focus on that. So to me, I find it, uh, I, mean, hold up. I guess I was, what, am I mad? I don't know if I would be mad. I'm more like a, I don't know what my, the lack of my vocabulary is why I would say I'm mad is because I'm like, yo, if she's copying us and she has almost 10,000, 10,000 10, more, no, is it 10,000 more? 10 X more subscribers than we have. And she's making money from Turo. And I'm like, you wanna you wanna take our type, you want like our ideas where you felt like it was valuable enough to try and use. And funny enough, I think it's performing better than most videos on her channel. Let me check what the, what it's at right now. Damn, that's that's tough. Well, this was last night I saw, so maybe it was definitely it's not growing as fast. It's growing more than her other channel, her other videos, but it's still not performing that well. And here's why I say that, right? I think it's because the actual content itself was not that good. I feel like she tried to copy what we did because she saw that our videos were getting views. The the first one we did like that got 36,000 views. I don't even know what it's, it might be at 40 now. It's at 39,000 views, right? That was nine months ago. And then the other one we have, the three month update is at 140,000 views. The views on her channel on that particular video, I feel like could be a lot higher, but the content itself inside the video didn't seem that valuable to me. It seemed kind of like quick, just here, do this, do that. It'll work by, you know, go out your business. Um, so that goes to show me like, okay, if people who are bigger than us on YouTube are following us or taking or, or copying our content, that means that we should have more viewers than we have now. I think we should have more than her particularly, but again, we just aren't there yet. That's, that's just what it comes down to. But that has always kind of been like a framework I go by. Like if somebody above you is copying you, that means that they don't have any more um, creativity to apply and they have to now go down to be able to grow whatever they're doing. Like if you have to get work from you have to copy work from somebody else that i feel like you just you're not you're you're going forward slowly or if anything technically dying that's my opinion on it um but let's say when we finally get out of this everybody here will see how quickly we start growing on youtube uh how our life will change dramatically and we have to just wait till the house is done because that'll be like that will be the time we finally get to apply all of our resources that we've picked up and learned the people we've met, we can put everything together and finally do what we're supposed to be doing. So one of those things is the craft fair, multiple craft fairs and growing that to a large amount, which we are doing this weekend. Um, we're going to be in Brooklyn and Williamsburg. I'm excited for that. Uh, anything you want to say about the craft fair? Oh, Ember Candle Co. M-B-U-R-C-A-N-D-L-E dot C-O. That is who is sponsoring this episode of the Bamboo Project. Okay, so we have four different candles. We have people watching. 
room service, wind down, and do not disturb. Now, all of our candles are 100% beeswax. Now, if you don't know, beeswax purifies the air, okay? Now, you're like, what does that mean, all right? Most candles release toxins into the air. When you have something like that, you want to have some type of, I don't know, a candle that purifies and removes those toxins. Now, if you are a science person, we can get deeper into it. I can start talking about free radicals, but we're not we're not going that deep into it. We're just talking about the surface level of why the candles are good and better than other candles. You know why? Because when you burn better, you be better, okay? Now, they have wooden wicks. So if you ever been out in the forest, you ever been in a in a hotel on a ski lodge and you have the 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 wood logs that are crackling when they burn, same thing with the candle, okay? Wooden wicks crackle as they burn. And another reason why we chose beeswax is because it's no paraffins, no parabens, and no phthalates in there, okay? Listen, I'm just saying, you either get a healthy candle that smells good and burns for a long time because our candles have an 80 hour burn time when most candles of that size have like a 40 hour burn time, usually because they're made of soy, which sometimes, if you don't know, could be unhealthy for you, but we're not getting into that. We're not getting into that. We're just saying how good the Ember Candle Co candle is all right so what do you want to say babe? i feel like this is the calmest craft fair uh done mm -hmm. i think the last one was pretty calm um aside from our trip to new jersey to have to get some more wax yeah um i don't think we don't have to do that at all this time mm -hmm. um everything yeah everything i think the craft fair is like it's not mobilized it's not prioritized like stabilized yeah pretty much that's a good word where it's like running on its own it's efficient it's fluid yes it's very efficient i think the candles have reached a good level of efficiency where it is not as strenuous for me to you know make all the candles and all that stuff myself and then also i think the amount of money that we expect to get from it is very accurate like it's not like we've ever went into it thinking we're gonna make a thousand dollars this weekend and only make two hundred dollars and don't forget melissa's ep is dropping mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in august no october oh critical okay critical mass is the point at which a growing company becomes self-sustaining and no longer needs additional investment to remain economically viable that's not what we <laughs> uh, maybe that concept but not the money part yeah i mean it's funny yeah it's weird because i'm like we have been there at critical mass but it's like oh but we have to use the money for other things right so then yeah i would say so i would say the amount of money that we make at each craft fair would propel us to another craft fair easily right sustainable yeah. it's like it we, we, we could we could grow this but our our um what's the word our costs are too much our outside costs yeah um so like i said that that's that i think i said for last week it's not really much i could say um about what we did like i said maybe the next week might be a little bit slower too but yes unless something comes up that we don't expect it's okay i need all the slow weeks <laughs> donovan has a bajillion topics that he never spoke about so. bruh um so now episode playback i just have some kind of I guess thoughts that I would say for those of those who are like me who like to process and think a lot. Um, wouldn't it be crazy 
if the Adam and Eve story was backwards and men came from women. And I was thinking, right, I'm like, of course, it would make sense that now that men have all of the, the more or less power, the story would be that men came from women. But what if it was a womb, a womb man, right, was first and then they took off the womb and just made it a man. Right. You said men came from women. You mean women came from men? No. The original story is that women came from men. No. It is. That what? That women came from men. Yes. Right. You said men came from women. Okay. Well, that's what I said. I meant the, uh, whatever the original story is, flip it. Um, so that women, men came from women. And that the first person was actually a woman. And then it actually was a man that came from them. Now, here's my uh, my logic to back that up or my theory. They say that the the penis is just an inverted vagina. Right. So it's not like the it's not like the you're born with a penis and then it goes inside of you and becomes a vagina you're born with a vagina and then it grows into a penis that's how that's how all pe uh, uh, people are born to my understanding uh so i'm like wouldn't that be crazy if that was really how it went like that was just like the actual story and they told us it was the other way around and i always say this because i say this every time on the podcast i think that women are more powerful than men so here's another thing too right put going on top of that i think it's easier for women to be women than a man to be a man because it's natural for women but for men men are are what they are because that's what women want them to be right if you were to just have a person exist as a man exist i don't think that he would have the character traits that we instill in men to have however if you would just have a woman be a woman i'm i feel like she would naturally fall into that category of being what a woman is if you left her alone um and honestly i uh, my cousin sent me a, a video today and the video has said that the reason that no 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 the video said it's hard for a woman to express her feminine side if she is in an uncomfortable environment because uncomfortable environments makes her have to produce more masculine energy to survive so the more anxious and uncomfortable she is the more masculine she'll become so that she can then have power over her environment her circumstance right if that isn't the case then she can be all as we see women to be ah, la, 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 right the stereotypical women that everybody says they are now what the guy didn't say in that clip that she sent me was the flip side of that if you have a man that is raised in a very comfortable environment Will he also be more feminine? I think he would be. I think if you have a man who's raised with no struggle or a lot less struggle, he's going to be a lot less, quote, masculine and manly than a guy who was raised in all the struggle. Like, if you put a man in all the struggle, he has to fight in wars. He has to, you know, find food for his kids because they're starving. He's going to be built a lot different than a man that was raised with a billion-dollar family that was passed down to him. They can buy whatever they want. Their parents run the country. There's probably not going to be as manly as that. But what that tells me is that it's manhood is more of a circumstance of like the choice that you make than it is for a woman. I think womanhood, you're born like you are born. It's way easier to do what women do. And I take that with a with an asterisk. 
because it's natural. Like it comes first. You have to then add on as a man to go, okay, my natural instinct is to do nothing. Like my natural instinct is to be like, okay, I'm going to just chill out and relax and enjoy myself. I think that's a natural instinct of a person, um, which would fall more in line with, I believe, a woman. So now my theory was this. So imagine this, right? Let me know what you think about this. You have a woman who is in charge, right? Women are not known to be very strong physically, right? So if you ask a woman, what kind of person would you want around you? You would want stronger people, right? So it made me start thinking, are men the only way they are because that is what women want them to be? It's it's more beneficial for a man to have these character traits that we have instilled in society for a man to have if he has a woman to use them on. If he has that stoic personality, he is not very emotional uh, in terms of how he responds to situations. Uh, he's very disciplined. He's strong. These are things that help you to protect a woman. So my thing is, who does that benefit? Because a lot of those things don't really benefit the man because a lot of time he has to suppress his emotion. If he's sad about something, uh, he has to go out and do this labor to be, produce money and produce food or whatever the case might be. So from a standpoint of how does this benefit me, it it really doesn't if I'm bringing it back to somebody else. So I was wondering if all the stereotypes of men that we have now were created by women hundreds or thousands of years ago and we just kind of kept it and i think that a woman wants to be able to go okay i could be comfortable in this environment and if not then they have the ability to do what men do which is what we see in happening now now i don't think women want to be in that situation where they're doing quote what men are doing but i think that most women i've seen have the ability to do that very easily like i feel like women have this innate powerful ability to do a lot of things if given the pressure to do so um yeah i'm curious hmm hmm i wonder if more women or men break under extreme pressure what would you think men. you think men yes why do you think that because i feel like women go through a lot of extreme pressures just kind of naturally like whether that's because think about the things that like stress you out or whatever and then on top of that we talk about you know your period cycle and then on top of that if you get pregnant and have to bear all of that have kids uh a lot of times guys you know if we talk about having kids in, in general as as the example, y'all just be like, mm, I don't want to deal with this and then leave. So mm -hmm. you don't deal with it. You just leave, you don't want to, not want no parts, I'm out. Whereas mm -hmm. the woman, especially if she chose to have the child, she she's going to have to deal with that child for the rest of her life. She, she, she don't have to. Leave. Right, she can leave it. But yes. I, do, I do think there are more. But there's more women that are going to withstand right. that stress and that pressure and raise a child yeah i think there are more men who leave a, a child than there is a woman who leaves a child yeah um so like i said that's an interesting theory like who handles pressure more because i think it's funny 
that when we say women can't handle pressure, it's because they start crying and they start being emotional about it. That but doesn't mean it can't right, and that doesn't mean that they can't handle it. It just means that that's their response to it. I think that for men, whether this is helpful or healthy or whatever the case might be, we may have a problem. And we aren't supposed to be emotional about it, so we just hold it in. And we die early, and we crack under pressure. We end up going crazy. And honestly, if I remember correctly, I've heard this on multiple different um, takes, that the suicide rate among men is significantly higher than it is among women. Why is that? If women... Now, what's the thing? If women are being... Have more pressure than men, well, do they? I would... I would... I don't know. I think that... I think that women just are allowed to express it more mm. so and that expression is a is a form of release mm-hmm. so i think that for men it, because you never have that release i think that's when you end up you know becoming maybe suicidal or having those issues because you don't have a place that you can release that stress mm. interesting so here's another thing too about it right uh every one wants a woman everyone needs a woman even gay men need a woman right if they want to have children they need a woman to hold the child for nine months you can take the sperm and put it in a woman and the man he'd be fine right i i guess you could kind of say the same thing the other way around um like if there were no men you couldn't have a baby but it's like there were no men you couldn't have a baby yeah, sure, but they're not incubating the baby. They're like they're not the one that's growing the baby. Um, yeah, but I was gonna say that like, who needs who? Because I'm like, um, because the way that I see it is like, if I if I take your sperm, oh, okay, okay, go ahead. You just need to develop the sperm. You don't need to physically be there, right? So I could just take your sperm and put it into a woman and she'll still have a baby. Mm-hmm. Possibly. You can't take if I give you an egg from a woman, then nothing is coming from that. Right. So yeah, I agree. I was gonna say that men are not needed. Sperm is needed. Yes. Because you can have a woman with sperm and have a baby. You cannot have a man with a uterus or a egg or a fallopian tube like, okay, make a baby. It won't happen. So I just think it's interesting that women have this ability that even men who are gay are like, all right, listen, I don't like having sex with y'all, but can we, can I give you some sperm to make a baby, please? I can have it with my man over here and we can just raise it over here. They're like, okay, sure. Either adopt one or we could do like intro, what is it, IV or whatever, it's, IVF, whatever it's called. You could do that. Um, so I just find it to be interesting. So actually, this is another, another thing I watched yesterday, right? It's called What is a Woman? It's a documentary um that is on a daily wire by ben shapiro he has his own streaming service which is insane um but they went to some african country i think it was and they were trying to ask them like how do they feel about transgender and they were like what is what do you mean by that they were like yeah like what if a woman what if a man says he's a woman and he was like well that that's impossible you can't he wouldn't be a woman they were like but like what if you had a man who said i know i'm a man but on the inside i feel like i'm a woman they were like we don't understand your question. He's like, okay, okay. If I'm a man and I have I have a penis, but inside I feel like I should have a vagina and be a woman. What what do you guys call that? And they were like a mental illness. Like we would call that person mentally ill and say something's wrong with them. And I found it to be very interesting. So 
he also asked them, what is the role of a woman? And I believe he said to bear children. I believe he said something along that line, right? But here's what really got me, which is interesting. He said, what is the role of a man? And his answer in his tribe was to serve the women. Now, I'm like, that is a very interesting take from a very, I guess you call it primitive or older traditional tribe where it's like, your job as a man is to serve your woman. I don't think that's how we look at it now. I think there are some men who do, but most men that don't. And I think, I don't know why the, the, where the lines get crossed here, but we have viewed simping as a problem. And I wouldn't say that serving your woman is simping, but the act of serving your woman, I feel like is kind of looped or lumped in with simping. So it's like, you don't want to do anything for your woman because it's like, ah, oh, man, bro, oh, she, she got... You bought your girl a dinner? Oh my god, bro. You are simping like a motherfucker. Like, I don't I don't really know where those lines got crossed. Um, but I just find it interesting that that was his outlook on it. And to me, I think that makes a lot of sense, but I know for a fact and including a conversation I've had recently with my uh one of my family members is that she's talking to this guy and I see a lot of red flags personally. But I think that men are so afraid of like getting hurt again and cheated on again that they act very differently and honestly i don't even i don't even know i think damn that's kind of crazy when women get cheated on how do they how do they respond they're hurt they cry um it's funny oh yeah uh, I think I've been cheated on before. What happened? I feel like I had a panic attack. Uh, uh, uh. Like, but like, how? That's the thing, though. How did you change how you would talk to other women, other other men? Did that affect how you talk to other men? Not really. And that's that's something that, to me that's interesting because I'm like, I've only met one woman who I felt like was, I would say, like adamantly trying to do things to protect herself from men. But most women, I don't feel like. Like, I feel like when a man gets hurt by a woman, he's, his mindset is to actively try to demonize women. I guess women are the same. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think for women, it's kind of like... I thought they'd be lying, though. The men? The women. The women? In terms of what? Like, if they try to demonize a man, I feel like they don't try to demonize men they're talking to. I feel like normally men demonize all women that they're talking to, not talking to, all of them. Yeah. I feel like women are more like, men ain't shit. Like that's like that's kind of the thing. Like, okay, men ain't shit overall, but when they finally get a man, it's very different. I feel like a guy could have a good girl and be like, you ain't shit because you're a woman. Um, I think, well, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I think part of it has to do with the fact that women don't typically have to court men. Um, mm -hmm. Men typically have to court women. So it's kind of like being a woman, even if I get cheated on, there's still guys that are trying to talk to you afterwards, if that makes sense. Because I don't know how often it is that women really go out their way to like either talk to you, get your phone number with dealing with a guy. I know that they might give you signs that they are interested, but you still have to do the work after that. Mm -hmm. 
So I feel like for women, it's like, no, there's a guy that's down the block that's asking for my number, that wants to take me out on a date. If I go to work tomorrow, I might run into another guy that wants to take me out on a date. So it's kind of like, I feel like there's a jadedness that comes from dealing with, um, dealing with women that then cheat on you because, I don't know, maybe I feel like y'all not going to get somebody else. I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying I don't I don't know if that makes sense to me. But this is this is my thing. I feel like a man who looks very good, like an attractive man who's doing the right things, who's been cheated on in the past, who is now a high value man, quote, will do all of the very insecure things like I'm I'm gonna cheat on her. Not I'm I'm gonna like talk to her crazy. He can do the whole you know the whole red pill ideology stuff. He's gonna do all of those things. I'm going to Talk to her like she's like this. I'm going to treat her like that. I don't respect women because of this. I feel like no matter the quality of the man, that that happens a lot. I feel like for a woman, it, I don't really see them get cheated on and then go, yeah, I'm not going to fuck with men no more. But, but y'all, the red pill thing, is that because you get cheated on or is that because like that's how you quote unquote pick up a woman? It's usually because they got hurt by a woman or they can't get a woman. Right, and that's what I was saying earlier where it's like, I think it's the lack of being able to readily find another woman that makes it kind of, or like, because I think the, it kind of ties into what I think the benefit is of being on like dating apps. Mm -hmm. You get, kind of get that confidence that there's someone out there that still wants to talk to you or like. I don't know, because I'm like, I, I, there, there are men who get women who are still that way. Right, but I feel like that's also because of the teachings and practices that come with it. Because it's like it, it you treat you treat women like cattle. Like if I do X Y Z, I'm gonna get X Y Z response, A Z response. And I think that all of that is a form of not be, um, opening up and allowing yourself to be emotional. Mm -hmm. I think it ties back into that and I think another portion of it is not being a readily able to find another person that's interested in you because if you if you did I don't think you would go about that route like that mm -hmm. right I don't know what the conclusion is the conclusion is that I think men are not able to find another woman readily available mm-hmm and I think that's part of the reason why they go about it the way that they do. And that's why they get like kind of so angry at all the women like that. Because they have to go out. I think that's part of it too. Because you now have to go out and find another woman and that woman can do the same thing that the first woman did to you. Same thing with a man. You, you, if you get cheated on, you still got to like choose another man that's not going to do that to you. But he is courting me. Like you're looking for the woman to 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 talk to and spend time on, right? Yeah, so I guess you, I can see that. So it's like if I have to now take you out on dates, pay for your food, have to be there emotionally for you, or like listen to your day or whatever, I have to put in all that work on on top of me pretty much choosing you being a guy, mm -hmm. right? So that means that if you if I picked you and you cheated on me, that's crazy. Oh my god, I don't even know how to pick another one right mm -hmm. if being a woman it's kind of like damn you courted me like you came after me and you cheated on me there's still another guy that's trying to talk to me right there 
Mm-hmm. So I think this is what I think you're trying to say. Uh, if I'm, let me know if I'm right. Mm-hmm. Men become resentful after chasing after a woman and getting cheated on. Mm-hmm. Women are not doing the work to get the man. They just have to choose a man. So they aren't putting in as much work. So they don't feel as hurt or resentful, or upset because it's like you brought me a gift I didn't like. I didn't. I didn't go out and work for this gift and then get the gift and be like, "What the fuck is this?" Right. So I that's that's, that's what I think. I said that's my conclusion. I think that men, because they have to hunt and chase after women to then catch the woman, court the woman, and then for her to do something vile to him. Oh my god! Are you serious? Yes. It's like, damn, that's crazy. I hate all of y'all. As opposed to a woman sitting back, it's like, okay, I got to pick one of y'all. I picked him. It's like, damn, I picked the wrong one. Shit. Okay, let me try again. Next time another guy come up to me, I pick a different one. Um, but other things, episode playback. I finally have was able to post five audios that i have not posted maybe six honestly i might have to post two more i think i did all i think i'm up to date with all the audios i have definitely not posted them all but now they up so that's good so they cross all the platforms um okay scroll down um and then for topics of the day and let's probably do two of these and maybe three and then wrap it up um so i personally think that china is a going to be a better country than america and i think one of those reasons is because of they have tradition uh, and i think america doesn't have any tradition so we don't really have anything to stand on right now i think melissa and i were having this conversation the other day about how how America is operating currently as a superpower with 360 million people here. And to me, that goes to show that China, in my opinion, is already doing a lot better than we are because of how strong they currently are. And they have almost five times as many people as we do. And they are still able to manage all those people and still able to like run the country well like like a lot of people like to say that well they have a lot of poverty and you know they have a lot of surveillance and things like that which is listen i'm i'm 100 against that kind of stuff but you gotta think about from this perspective if you are tasked with running a country of a billion people or plus if it's not on 1.3 1.5 whatever it's a lot harder to run that kind of country than it is to run America. If I told you you have to, you have to imagine you have a household, right? And you have two kids to watch and to manage. Now, imagine if I told you as a parent, a single parent of two kids, it's manageable. You will have some slip through the crack. You might have some issues here. One kid does this. One kid does that little problem. Imagine what it would be like to have 15 kids as a single parent. That would be absurd. Where do I put them? How do I feed them? How do I discipline them? How do I keep an eye on them? It's too many. I don't even know what's going with 15 kids and one parent to raise all 15. That's insane. Um, And like I said, I think that that is similar to what is happening with China. And honestly, I feel like a better comparison would be like if you have like five kids and then you have 20 something kids with a single parent because that that's something that's almost impossible it's, it's in my mind almost impossible to manage doing that 
So like I said, Melissa and I were having a conversation because she was saying that they have a lot of poverty over there, like extreme poverty. They have people working all the time, day up, day up, day in and day out. And I'm like, we had that same thing here. It's just not on a massive scale yet. And we're already cracking under the pressure. Like we're already complaining and crying about how much work we have to do. Uh, you know, we're deciding to become trans now. We're like, hey, you know, it's so hard. I want to be a woman. Like it, it, it's just, I think America is going in the wrong, like a terrible direction. And to me, I don't, I think I will give it probably 15 years before what we see as America is today is no longer that. I say 15 years. That's, that's my, that's my guess. 15. How many presidents is that? Four, eight, 12. That's three presidents. I say five presidents for 20 years, 20 years. America will be unrecognizable. Like we will be looking around like this is where we live at. Like a lot of people already say that America is a third world country. We just don't know because we live here. We keep saying like, well, we have, you know, uh, gay rights. So we are doing well. And it's like, oh, we have uh, uh, a lot of food, you know, that we make ourselves in a lab. So we're doing well. And I'm like, I personally, uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I just want people to know that I think that is where this is going. So I don't know what, if you are into that kind of stuff, how you would prepare for it, whether it be investing financially, moving to a certain part of the country, moving to another country in itself. Um, but I'm, I think America is going in the shitter for sure. This thought came to me because I was watching that documentary called The Inside Job. And I've said this before in the podcast that I think that at least in America for sure, Insecure men run the country. And I say that because of how the population is and how the country is direction, the, the direction that it's going. I think that the people in the country usually go in the direction of the leadership. And our leadership, in my opinion, doesn't really have strong values or morals. Um, and I think it trickles down from them down to the poorest person that lives here in America. Right. I'm thinking about what would be traditional American values. I really don't even know what they would be. What would you say they are, Melissa? Traditional? Yeah. American values. Typically nuclear families um, was supposed to be head thing. Um, working hard, play your money, mm-hmm, American dream. I don't know. I'm just saying whatever you think it is. I don't know what you think. I mean, but all I know, I'm the wrong person to ask. No, you're not. How? Why would you be the wrong person to ask? Because, like, I don't know what perspective you're trying to get because I'm not. I want your perspective. Oh, sure. Cool. Um, the, the reason why I said I'm the one person to ask because my perception of America comes from TV and what they write in the history books. So if my you know parents and stuff were from here, I'm pretty sure I would have a different uh, perception of America than the one I currently. Which is the one that you have? I mean, the one that like is you know. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. You. Oh my god! Oh, that's just how I speak. Sorry. Oh. Um. Traditional American values? I don't really know. 
You told me that you just said, from my perspective, I have a, a, a way of looking at it. What is your way? From my perspective, I don't really have them. Like, I don't really know what would be. Yeah, I don't really know what American values are. Okay. Um, so, I think about the guess American values. Um, because I would say the uh the Declaration of Independence. Um, I do think that traditional American values is uh funny enough conservative conservative lifestyles where it's man and woman have a child stay together get married uh like Melissa said work hard um but as far as sayings go and I think this is part of the problem. Um, maybe it's always doomed to fail from the beginning. I think that because there is so many cultures in America, there is no actual culture in America. Um, if you go to other places, they all have a idea of how, who they are and what they are. If you go to China, if you go to Jamaica, you go to Russia, there isn't like, like you only in America can somebody come over here and we have to now abide by like their language. Like, I don't think you can go to China and be like... You have to learn, like, you have to um, imagine going to China and expecting the person at the register to pull out a translator to figure out what you're saying. No. If you go somewhere else, you have to know their language. You can come to America, not know the language. People have to then try and uh, accommodate you. Like, okay, what are you saying? What's going on? And we make that kind of accommodation for that. And with that, I feel like comes the other culture because I don't think that people who come here are societally force or pressure to be a certain kind of way i think if you go to china or you go to russia you go anywhere else i think they will they force you to be a certain kind of way i feel like here they the 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 values that we have now are do whatever you want whatever you feel whatever you want to express just do that and that's kind of what the values have become i feel like in america and other places i don't feel like it's like that i agree with that i think america's my brain the first word that came to my head was lawlessness Mm-hmm. But it is very much like, you know, yeah, it's, you could just kind of do whatever you want as long as it's not hurting anyone. Physically. Right. Yeah, because you can say whatever you want and stuff too. Um, in other countries, yeah, it's definitely not. It's not. I think even, funny enough, I saw this on TikTok where they were saying that, oh, Jamaicans are so vulgar and blah, blah, blah. But Jamaica, Jamaica as a country is very conservative, mm-hmm. very conservative, like dressed to your knees. Like if you ever see like the school children, like in their uniform and stuff, like it's very, what happened? What about carnival? That's like, so there's two sides, right? Oh, I bet. Because think about it. If you, if you, if you're gonna have a very strict side on one side, there's gonna be people that's gonna rebel against that. And that's gonna be the other side. That's just typically how things are. Everyone doesn't fit into that super conservativeness. So then that's how you have the other side, which is super on the other side because the conservativeness is so conservative. Hmm. Yeah. That's. I don't know. I think, but I I do think that. That's like the other countries too. In terms of what? tattoos and just stuff like that like it'd be super conservative but I, I i feel like in those countries they still hide that they still they do their expression in within like to themselves in their home like oh you got a you got a tattoo on your back 
that you hide with your sweater and your jacket? What's wrong with you? I feel like here is like I want you to know that I'm expressing how I feel as opposed to I want to express this thing for myself. That is true. I think a lot of American cultures has to do with the perception of it, of how other people perceive. Right. Like I want you guys to know that I'm expressing my pride. Look at me. Look at me doing this. Look at this tattoo. How much money I have. Look all right. See Look all of this. Accolades, my well, just everything. See, see me. Which makes sense. Which makes sense why we have that is true. Which, which makes sense why we have the leading social media apps. Well, other than TikTok, but yeah. it's like we are a media. We are we are the biggest media conglomerate. I feel like in the world, I feel like all of the, the biggest media stuff comes from here. That's my opinion. Because we want to be seen so bad. Because we're so insecure as a country. That's why. I I think that funny enough. I was gonna say that I think America was made for outcasts. Um. I can see that. So, it it, it kind of thrives off of off of differentness. That's interesting. That's an interesting. That's actually very interesting. Hmm. Wow. I never thought about that. That would explain why we're all so crazy over here. Yeah. I mean, the, the first people that came here, I don't even think they were, like, supposed to be here. Like, I think it was, like, indentured servants or something that they sent over here. So, like, the whole foundation of America is just, like, I don't really want to abide by any rules. I don't really want to do what you want me to do. I'm just trying to, can I just be, let me just do what I want to do, which is different than what you're trying to do. Yeah. And I think that if you multiply that, that's how you get to where we are now. Yes. But I also think that this is that's that is very interesting. I've never thought about that. But the most conservative country is saying, okay, everybody, you have to have one kid. And we're like, no, we want to have two. It's like, we're going to go to America and have two kids. Like, okay, fine. I feel like where it's at now is like, It w- well, it was easier then because it was only one kid to two kids. I feel like now we're pretty much saying we want to have a thousand kids per person. Where it's like, okay, after a certain point, the things that you want, the freedom that you want becomes unreasonable. Because now there's no structure. There's no, we're not abiding by anything. Like, we're, 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 we've gone so far that we like words, man, woman, throw them out the window. They don't exist. I don't want to abide by those terms anymore. Fuck it. I don't want to go by anything. And I'm like, hmm. This I feel like this was where it was gonna go regardless of anything. Because we really are in a place where we're like, okay, express however you wanna feel all the time. Just be that. I mean, America is an experiment. Like there's never been any other uh, It's failing. I think it's failing. There's never been any other government that's kind of run the way that this is running. So it definitely is very experimental and I think that from that, yeah, it's just there's a lot of good things that come with being able to express, you know, your individual freedom. But on the other side of it, it's kind of like it's so much freedom that it's to your detriment. But you know, I gotta find out too. How did how did China fall? I gotta. Do you know what? You know how they fell? Like how they lost become the superpower? Cause they would they would leave for a thousands of year, a thousand years, something like that. 
a long time. I think that we're not gonna make it to a thousand. I'll tell you that right now. We're gonna be done in like thirty. Um, be out of here. I, for China, I can't really speak to it. Um, I can more so speak to like how America like rose as opposed to how China fell. Yeah, I, I don't care about America. Right. I said because I, I want to know how did the superpower who was already in who was running it their way for so long now lose to us? I think it just got outdated. So because like so because there's more freedom here, you kind of could take advantage of more things, or there's more loopholes. Like let's say that there's already laws and systems that's been in place in China for thousands of years that you you can't do certain things, you can't go about certain things a certain way. Now you in America that barely have any rules, you can do whatever you want. Sure, but then if that's the case, why is China going to be a superpower again? If that if that if that is the solution to have be able to do whatever you want. So I think. I think it has to do with the concept behind the innovation stack. So that's you copy until you meet a problem and then you use your mm. own ingenuity to fix that problem. So if China has the infrastructure that it has, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it may have fell down, but it still has as much people as it has. It still has, you know, access to the information that America is coming up with. If all I have to do is take your information and try to implement it on my structure, which is 10 times bigger than yours, I'm probably going to be able to get things done faster, have the manpower to get more things done. And I don't have to come up with the ideas myself. I'm just copying you, but I have more resources to get that thing done. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. The, in- the innovations that definitely I feel like applies here for sure. I don't know what the problem we ran into was. I don't know if it's like a population problem or maybe it was a it's an economic problem, I guess. How do we how do we get this for a lower price? I think our problem started with outsourcing. Right, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I'm gonna get for a lower price. I'm gonna go over there. Right. And China was like, Yeah, come over here. Keep coming. Give us all that stuff. Give and us all now, the. Do you think they don't know? Like, if if we are constructing, like we don't have the blueprints, but it's not gonna take us long to copy like i'm making it who oh you mean china yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. I'm making it. that's a, just, that's an insane thing i'll just turn turn the screen a different color put a different label on it Bruh, and say it's mine i will make the same phone and call it i'll right. <laughs> make the same exact phone and just say yeah it's called a china china uh china pineapple i'm making it why not and then and that's the thing that's the thing that always kind of gets me with capitalism because I do understand that there's people that's disenfranchised and are, um, you know, taken advantage of in that type of system. But at the same time, it's kind of like because of, I don't know, because of all the rules and the taxes and how hard they make it for businesses here to run, um, to run here. What's that? domestically it makes it easier for them to go over there and a lot of people because what i mean is like a lot of citizens here if they talk about giving tax breaks to businesses to anything that would benefit bigger businesses they look at it as that's not helping me um and that may be true if the businesses are taking advantage of people but a lot of the time the the businesses are who pays the people here too Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like that's why it's just kind of like, ugh, to me, because we'll vote for people that'll, you know, be harder on businesses, make them pay more taxes, make them do this, and then they go outside. They don't stay here. So now we don't reap the benefits. <laughs> now now we failing because the businesses have to go elsewhere because we made it so in, 
uh, uninhabitable here. Yeah, and I, I think we gotta ask ourselves why we're we doing that. But I, be, I think that I think that the concerns that people have are pro- most likely like well-founded like it makes sense their concerns and stuff i just feel like it's not the right like what you could pay more you could pay us more in wages you could do this you could do that i feel like that kind of concept right or like you know when you have the conversation about minimum wage if if that should be a thing or should not be a thing like you know obviously if if i feel like the company i'm working at is taking advantage of me you can Mm -hmm. send me home whenever i want i'm not getting paid even though i came here like i'm gonna feel some type of way about it i want to make different you know changes so that you can't do that to me but at the same time there's also like okay how much stress do we put on the businesses that you're now not reaping the benefit of them being here uh, so i finally got that topic off there's a couple ones i also wanted to talk about i'm not going to do it today um but the hidden cost to do something is something i really think is important um and then also empathy versus sympathy and tribal music something i want to talk about too and maybe vending machines i don't know yeah vending machines too for sure i might bring it up i'm not a big proponent of them but i've never done it but from the numbers it's not my cup of tea we'll be back here next tuesday you can find all the behind the scenes content on our social medias mine is donovan gray d-o-n-i-v-a-n-g-r-a-y and my phenomenal beautiful amazing girlfriend anita burn a-n-e-t-a-b-u-r-n you know what it is hashtag bamboo project 2022 we are the year's done in my opinion that in my opinion it's already done and this is so crazy like i just yesterday was making goals for the year and now it's already september this is crazy um so bruh and i and i think i'm happy that it's going the way it's going in the sense of i know exactly what the problems are i didn't know what they were before and having the podcast helped me to identify them and i i know what they are i'm 100 percent sure what the problems are and i'm hoping that from what i've learned from this last year or two that i have this skill set to fish to finish and fix and solve those problems so with that being said bamboo project out <laughs>